Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special episode of the Dodgeball Podcast. In this series, I am interviewing board member candidates, and with me in this segment, and I feel come full circle, is Nick. Nick, how are you doing, man? I'm great. How are you? Not too bad. Um, definitely glad that I had a chance to come back to you and, and you know flesh out your thoughts and ask you some of these um, these questions I was able to to gather from the the posts and from the surveys. Because um, initially, I didn't really... I didn't really intend to interview people. Um, I know you kind of gave your quick spiel after the recap episode, but um, since then, obviously, I've been able to interview pretty much all the candidates out there. So I'm, I'm happy to be able to, to come back to this and, and kind of pick your brain a little bit and on a more focused um, series of topics. So why don't we go ahead and um, we'll, we'll just get right in into it and we'll start with what makes you, well, if you want to introduce who you are, um, brief history and what makes you qualified to, to serve on the board? Sure. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Steve. Uh, it, what makes me qualified to be on the board? I mean, I've been playing, uh, dodgeball for the last, you know, what, 12 years, something like that. And, um, I've been a part of the community for that long. I've been running tournaments, uh, ever since I started with uh, sky high sports at the trampoline park held, uh, one of the largest trampoline tournaments um traveling dodgeball tournaments in southern california with a ton of teams playing on two dodgeball courts it was awesome we were playing with the eight and a half inch yellow target balls like we talked about <laughs> a couple of weeks ago whenever that was um and so ever since then i've been you know fell in love with the sport and i i had uh uh, a good passion for it and along with all, all these other board, board member candidates we all have a strong passion for this sport and we only want to see it grow and so um yeah and other than dodgeball i've been you know on a operations management side um in my position with uh, iwg i am a um, like an area operations manager so I've, I've got the north orange county that i'm running and uh it takes a lot of logistics and customer service and uh, managing a whole team uh so i've got all that experience behind me as well um because uh, you, you know dodgeball doesn't pay the bills so we got to do something that does and i i enjoy what i do for work and uh hopefully i can bring uh, all the skills that i have uh to the executive board awesome yeah, I'm going to try really hard not to get into those weeds with you. So um, <laughs> I'll try to stay on topic. Um, so the other question, I've been kind of reiterating this, at least with, with uh, Samantha, and that is, um, what is your elevator pitch to describe USA Dodgeball, its mission, and what makes it unique to other sports? Sure. Well, uh, in order to start an elevator pitch, you got to know who your audience is. And so is, is it someone that's going to be funding uh, a tournament is, is it going to be like a sp potential sponsor or is it going to be a player um so oh, either way you you're going to you're going to need to tailor that pitch uh to get what you need out of that person so if it is a player i mean you you, you got to talk about your passion for the sport and how exciting the game is um uh maybe refer them over to uh a, a couple of videos online but uh, like elevator pitch say you get in you Hey, oh, you, they see me wearing a dodgeball shirt, and they're like, "Oh, you play dodgeball? Yeah, I actually play uh, uh, with a the USA Dodgeball uh, League, you know." And 
it's just like the game you saw. It's uh, hit or catch. <laughs> hit or don't be hit, exactly. And so um, this sport is very exciting. It's a, I know it's a niche sport, but um, it's just like you remember it in high school, except it's not as terrifying as you would think it is. Uh, they play all around the world with foam balls or even cloth balls. Um, and there's several countries around the world that play it. So that's how I would describe USA Dodgeball to a player. If it's someone that's looking to, you know, uh, a sponsor or, or like, we, we really want to pitch USA Dodgeball as a professional sport, I would let them know. This, uh, I'm part, going back to Alfred's uh, interview with you, it, it, Dodgeball really encompasses all the major sports in one. You've got the catching you get from football and um, uh, baseball. Uh, you get the throwing from baseball. You got the athleticism of tennis. You've got uh, the agility um, from gymnastics. <laughs> you show them, uh, you know, Geo, baby Geo's uh, backflip on ESPN. Um, and so what USA Dodgeball is trying to do, its mission is to encompass all of this energy from this sport and harness it into one, um, you know, uh, national federation that we can uh, focus our sport and make sure we become the number one sport in the nation and in the world that people want to watch and people want to play. Nice. I do appreciate changing that based on who you're in the elevator with. Like if it's a, an investor, you know, you might want to talk a little bit more specifically towards the opportunity and what exposure you can get. If it's uh, some random person off the street, you know, maybe you want to keep it towards like the movie or what have you. So, um, nice. Yeah. Um, what would you say is your biggest contribution to the sport, um, off the court to date? Aside from bringing Andrew Ketchum into dodgeball. <laughs> um, <laughs> Well, uh, biggest contribution, I think, I mean, I have been, uh, ever since the Worlds in 2015, I've been streaming uh, big tournaments. Um, I've kind of taken a break since uh, COVID, but uh, I would like to get back into it. I've been do, uh, recording games for Sin City, helping run uh, that tournament uh, for the past several years with Jake and we hoe dodgeball. Um, like I mentioned earlier, I, I was running monthly tournaments with Sky High Sports, both in Orange County and in Ontario, California. Um, so bringing a lot of kids into the game that way as well. Um, yeah, I think those are my uh, uh, biggest co contributions off the court. Nice. Um, if you are elected, what would your main priorities or goals be for the board? Uh, main priorities. So uh, there are a lot of things that the board needs to focus on, and I don't know if five board members is going to be it, but what the five of us need to decide is do we need to expand the board or not? Um, and then from there, we also need to go on to making these different committees for each separate um, division of what we need USA Dodgeball to um, focus on. 
Um, so we need something for youth dodgeball. We need referee help. We need rules committee. We need um, someone to, to a committee to handle the USA Premier Tour, and we need a committee to to take on uh, the Team USA program. So our international competition and anything uh, uh, that with that um, group, I guess. Um, and so breaking up into those committees and, and really uh, delineating what we need from each group and then uh, reaching out to uh, the, the many people that are uh, asking to, to, to help and volunteer, see what skill sets they have and where we can um, place them into these committees and see where they would be uh, most helpful would be uh, a, a main priority. I mean, the goal is, is to, to grow the sport, um, and you would only see that with uh, you know clear direction and um, organization and uh, transparent uh, communication. Nice. Again, just trying to focus on the questions. Uh... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, how do you plan to, so back to priorities and, and, um, obviously what seems to be a, um, hot topic for, for those that submitted questions, one of them was growth. And, um, mm -hmm. so how do you, how would you plan to grow other regions such as like the South and the North? Growing other regions, uh, requires a lot of help from the local leadership. Um, so what you got coming from uh, the FDC, you'll see that tournament, or they only have a few spots left and it is next month. And so they've gotten a lot of uh, traction on finding a lot of teams from all over the country to come play, which is very exciting to see. Um, and so something like that, uh, we need to tap into and say, hey, what are you doing right? What's going on? Why why did we have to cancel a round in the South? Um, why aren't we getting more players? So um, just spitballing, we, we would need to increase. I've been to several tournaments in the South, at least one every year. I, I was at the very first USA Dodgeball uh, round in the South uh march 2020 right before we shut down uh it was an awesome tournament very good community down there uh very friendly uh we just don't have enough women and so um if we try to focus uh, some uh attention to the women's side of the sport uh hopefully we can get some more um participation um if you if you really want to get into the weeds with it it's it's um, something like UDC did, uh, in order to get bids to go to the, the uh, UDC tournament, I don't know if you remember this, back in the day, uh, every individual park was allowed at least one bid to UDC. And so uh, this is just me um, listening to the podcast and thinking about this as I'll, I, I'm driving to work or from work. I was like, oh, yeah, UDC had this interesting um the thing where if you won a, a one of your qualifiers at their uh specific park you got to move over move on to the to the udc and have a chance at that big prize money um what if we had something like that for the usa premier tour and what if we had um no travel rules at all so you can bring your open team to a round that we have somewhere in the uh 
uh, in the West. And if you don't win that one, you can move over to another one and you can, and keep, keep trying until you win a bid. Um, and that, that kind of got my brain going and that's pretty exciting. And so like, what if you had one of the very last rounds you held in the South? What if you had one of the very last rounds you held in the North? You'd have all these teams that did not make a bid and then you'd have them entering into these uh, into these last chance tournaments, and so you you'd get pretty pretty good action. And then uh, closer down to the line, last chance, you'd already have all these top tier teams already won their their bid to the the major tournament. Um, what what would that tournament look like? These last chance tournaments look like. But I mean, this is just idea off the top of the head. So I could totally be something different but these are just ideas that uh not necessarily uh i would bring to the table maybe our committee that uh has the premier tour in their hands maybe something they they come up with would be very interesting but we're very i'm open to everyone's ideas and hopefully we can all collaborate and come come together with uh uh big ideas to help grow this sport gotcha I just think about UDC and it echoes what the NDL attempted to do. <clears throat> and I'm going to leave it right there before I go off into a five minute to race. So, yeah. Um, one, one other, I guess, hot topic that has come up. Um, I think it's kind of died down in this last week, thankfully, but that is toxicity. And so one of the questions was, um, how would you address toxicity in the sport? Yeah. So when we're talking about toxicity, it's very, uh, it's like a hot button topic. Um, so, uh, if you're talking about at tournaments and with, um, this kind of, uh, behavior that people would consider as toxic, um, I'm just going to focus on if, if someone thinks someone is cheating, um, it really comes down to what are the refs doing? Um, on the court at that time, um, why is why are these clips showing up on you know on TikTok when when these things happen? Um, I always think about where what, what was the ref size on at that moment. So I mean, uh, I it's not going to be a cure all uh, for cheating, but definitely better refs and better prepared uh, referees and uh, fully supported referees where they feel that. Um, USA Dodgeball has their back if they need to make a tough call. Um, and so with that, it, it, it really comes to a, a really clear referee program um, where we have our referees certified, taking tests and knowing up and down every rule in that rule book, including the yellow and red cards. If, the, if we need to implement a blue card, um, that should be something that we need to look at as well. Um, absolutely empower our referees to make the clear calls uh, that they see and not be bullied into um, uh, double thinking about what they, what they saw. And uh, the referee's call needs to be final. And with that, um, the players will then begin to respect the refs and respect the ref's call because if you if you talk back to a ref any in any like high tone or har harsh way, you you gotta expect that yellow card to come. And so, 
um, that should eliminate um, most of this uh, uh, behavior that uh, people label as, as toxic behavior. And, um, you know, obviously, if there's going to be any sort of violence or uh, racism or misogyny happening at, at the tournaments, these need to be addressed as well. Um, but uh, from what I've, uh, you know, um, taken over the last few weeks slash months uh, about this toxic behavior is uh, most of it is is coming from a, a cheating cheaters point of view. So that's a. Uh, that's my pseudo solution. Uh, one thing I, I do want to go back on was you mm -hmm. said a blue card. I'm I'm not familiar with that. What's what's that? So that is something that came over from the cloth rules uh, EDF and European uh, play, and that's like it's it's not as harsh as a yellow card, but the punishment was it, it was it was a penalty box type thing. So like a yellow card, you're out for I think a. a few matches I really need to go back to the rule book and and think because I threw all that stuff out of my brain after worlds um, but with a blue card you were sitting in a penalty box for I think uh, at least three minutes maybe five minutes um, and that was for simple infractions like you know not placing the ball down when you get hit or when you're called out so if you toss your the ball back after you're out then that's a immediate blue card and uh, some time in the penalty box Got it. So it's not a, it's like a, hey, we're watching you. You're really close to yellow card. Knock it off, kind of thing. Did I hear that right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I guess you could call it a warning, but I mean that's harsh punishment for a warning. <laughs> right. Um, kind of, I want to say expanding on the whole toxicity portion, but um, another question is. If someone is excluded from a tournament or national team selection for reasons unrelated to dodgeball, do they have the right to know why and face the accusation? And I feel like the Absolutely. more... Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, well, go for it. I was going to say, I, I feel like the, the more I ask this question, the more I understand and read into it a little bit more. Um, uh -huh. But yeah, I, I didn't mean to, to, to cut you off, so absolutely. Oh, no worries. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they they definitely need to, to know why if it's if it's unrelated to dodgeball even if it is related to dodgeball um they need to know exact reasons uh everyone that uh did not make team usa that went to the combine uh were anyone that asked for feedback they got it um so there should be a, a clear communication especially the people that um that are asking if they need to know they they should be um informed of why whether it was uh you know behavior off the court or something like that because you're this is for a national team selection so you are representing your country and if um the person that you um are uh and you you're portraying yourself as if it's not someone that uh the, the your country can be proud of um maybe you, you gotta know you gotta know why and so maybe you can correct that behavior in the future and then possibly make the national team gotcha would the same thing apply to tournaments or any kind of league or any any participation that falls within the usa dodgeball umbrella mm. Mm, yeah i mean it, 
anything um, that a player has done, um, uh, any reasons why they they could be uh, not allowed into a USA Dodgeball event, those reasons have to be, um, uh, you know, harsh enough to to merit that, and uh, that should be uh, documented, and they should absolutely know why. Um, so that behavior can be corrected, if at all. Um, but if it is major enough that uh, this person uh, should not be allowed to come back to a, um, a, a, do a USA Dodgeball event, I mean, uh, you got to consider the, the case and, and the, the, the issues at hand. Gotcha. Um, other question is, how do you plan on improving USA Dodgeball? such that others could do the same thing without having to be on the board in the future or such that someone doesn't seek to work around you instead, whether it's out of spite or out of inadvertently duplicating efforts. Um, how do you get it so that somebody doesn't have to feel like they're, they've got a title to, to help out? Yeah. I, the plan on, uh, I guess when you say improving it, I mean, it, we, are only going to be, you know, improving USA Dodgeball moving forward. Everyone's going to, everyone that has uh, a spot um, that's running for this spot on the board, it, everyone has the best interests of USA Dodgeball in mind. And um, with that, uh, referring back to the last question, you need, you need transparency and clear communication um, with uh, everything that's going on, even if even if the board doesn't know exact um, like dates and times of, of uh, things that are going to happen, future events and all of this stuff, um, the people do want to know that we're working on it, right? It's a big, uh, you know, it's a big thing in customer service. You need to be clear in, uh, in your communications, whether or not you know the answer to their question or not. You, you want to know, or the, the person wants to know that you're working on it. And so, um, you want to make sure that you're, you, you keep everyone informed on the next steps and what's going on and where we are in, in, in all the processes that we're doing. Um, I mean, yeah. And if someone wants to, uh, to, to do something better, um, it's, uh, it's probably because we haven't taken any, any, any feedback or it feels the person that wants to do something uh, to try to work around, it's because they've already brought their feedback to you and it and they feel like you're not listening to them. So um, it, yeah, it, it all comes down to clear communication and accepting feedback and making sure that everyone knows uh, the, that the ship is headed the right direction. And so other people don't take their own little jet skis out trying to make uh, another dodgeball federation. <laughs> I don't know, man. Jet skis are pretty rad, so... I mean, they are from, pretty rad. From what I hear. I've never actually been They run out of gas pretty quick. <laughs> man, just doubling down on that analogy. Well done. <laughs> um, how will you continue to support the growth of the sport, even if you don't get elected? I mean, I'll keep doing what I'm doing. I'm not going to stop. Uh, I'm, I've always been there to help Jake with Sin City. Um... I wish I could be at nationals. I moved my daughter's birthday party around so I could play pinch <laughs> so I could be there at least one day. Um, and 
so that's the kind of uh, dedication I have to the sport. I mean, I, it's, I, I feel so bad that I like kind of convinced my wife that we need to have my daughter's birthday party on on the 16th and not the 23rd or whatever, whenever pinch was. Um, and so I'm just going to, you know, keep doing what I'm doing. And uh, hopefully uh, if I don't get elected, we can we can maybe work on um, getting getting some of these committees uh, off the ground and I can help. Uh, I've been on the major events committee before. I've been on uh, I tried to get a ref committee together, but that didn't work out. Uh, hopefully we can continue that. Um, I can help with the youth programs if needed. Um, I was going to research some of that uh, coming up here in the, in the next few weeks. And, uh, and anything that uh, I could do to help, uh, I'm always there. You know me, Steve. I mean, I know that. I, this was <laughs> not my question. This was Lucas's question. He's calling him out like that. No, I, I, uh, I had asked this question before a little bit, um, not inappropriately. He, he helped me kind of reiterate how it was, how he meant it to, to sound. So yeah, I'm not the one you got to convince, man. I know you'll be around. Um, you brought us catch him and you, you got to take him back. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> brought him in. Got to take him out. Your work is not done until he's taken out. <laughs> um, just trying to look at some of the other questions I had. So I did mention, you know, Toxicity was big, uh, mm -hmm. growth was big, delegation responsibility is pretty big. Those all seem to be pretty much covered. But I did want to ask about um, this is one that, that kind of came up on a sidebar is um, how would you help with the growth of women in playing? Yeah, uh, women's dodgeball is uh, very important. I mean, for the for the sport to grow, we need the other half of the <laughs> the population to be playing it as well. Um, so w what I really miss is, um, so, but before COVID, um, Kelly Salamone had some, uh, really good tournaments and a lot of good, uh, participation in her classic dodgeball invitationals. Uh, one was a co-ed and, um, she had a couple of women's ones. Uh, I helped, uh, with video on the first one. It was, uh, it was really awesome The the, the amount of participation she had for those tournaments. Uh, I have been speaking with her and we're, we're trying to hash out, um, and figure out the plan for, uh, the next one. And so it, it really comes to, um, the people that want to help out, uh, and, and actually, uh, take charge and run these, uh, these side tournaments, these, these huge, um, tournaments that have uh that are female focused and so um this really helps grow the sport among uh the women uh i know they've had uh, a lot of positive reviews from that they have to play every ball type um i did tell her she's got to get some cloth in there too and she is planning on doing that and um it that and uh, bell of the balls um, that those were really good tournaments to that, um, really emphasized the, the women's side of the sport. Uh, and so hopefully with that, we can, we can uh, get more, uh, female participation. Well, that's, uh, that's pretty much all the questions I have again, um, at the risk of talking to you for another two hours offline and on this 
on this interview. Um, let's go ahead and bring this to a close. So do you have any closing remarks or any statements that you want to kind of leave this off with? Uh, sure. I mean, if you are listening uh, to this interview um, this far in and uh, have not been tired of uh, Steve or any of the board candidates' voices, uh, you've got to love dodgeball as at least as much as uh, all the candidates that you've listened to so far. Um, so uh, all that I ask is that you really take time and um, thank you for taking the time and um, really vote with uh, for who you think is going to take the uh, USA Dodgeball in the in the right direction, steer the ship in the right direction, as it were, and making sure that um, we're on the pathway to growth. Uh, I feel that everyone that uh, has been on this podcast and was in the open forum um, has the ability to do so. Uh, I'm hoping and, and wishing that we all stick around to do some uh, something, even if we're not elected. Um, and yeah, bigger and better. Awesome. All right, man. Well, at the risk of people getting sick of my voice and yours, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll end it there. <laughs>